You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Nerds! Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Hey, it's C. Sparky, 5 or 1250 AM, The Fan, beautiful Milwaukee, Wisconsin. The sun is out. My guy, Dwight Albright, is here from the Spare Time Pro Shop in New Berlin. Follow him on Twitter or X or whatever the hell you call it at Dewey 300. <laughs> Our guy, Phil Brilo, is here. $2 Phil. Follow him on Twitter at Brew City Bowling. And somebody that has a lot better weather than us, I can but promise you, uh, he is Jeff Riggles of 11thFrame.com. He joins us uh, as well. Jeff, thanks so much for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Always my pleasure to be with you guys, Sparky. Uh, first off, I wouldn't have gotten up this early for us, so just for the record. <laughs> I'd been like, no. I get up at 3 a.m. normal days, so I got to sleep in until like 4.30 here today. They always keep telling me that, you know, I got all this gray hair. I'm approaching 50. Eventually, you're going to want to start getting up early. It hasn't happened yet. (laughs) And I'm sure it'll happen because everybody tells me as you get older, you you get up earlier, you sleep less. Like, this is the thing. Yeah. What are you talking about, Rob? First, this dude gets up at three in the morning for no reason. Why? No, why? For work. Yeah, three well, in the morning reason. for? Wait, there's reasons. Awesome. There's reasons. Yeah, it's his, it, it's his job. Your job? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. No. Morning you web need... editor for the uh, Wisconsin State Wisconsin Journal. State yes. Journal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three a.m. So sucks. I, got... I wouldn't. <laughs> well, that's I got to let the dog out, make coffee for my girl, and uh, you know I'm the coffee boy and all that. So I, I don't get to work till about four thirty. <laughs> Oh, 4.30. Wow, that's that's even better. 4.30. 30. <laughs> still sucks. That doesn't change anything whatsoever, Jeff. Uh, okay, let, let's talk about Las Vegas. That definitely does not suck. Uh, so what you doing out in Las Vegas? And uh, I'm guessing it's bowling related, not something covering the Wisconsin State Journal. Correct. Uh, mostly I'm bowling poorly and I'm bowling, done bowling now. Uh, this is the two weeks Ron Moore's great tournaments out here at the Bowling Plaza. The South Point Senior Shootout for 50 and over, South Point Super Senior Shootout for 60 and over, which is what I've competed in in the last couple of days very badly. Um, <laughs> uh, further retirement for me, I think this is going to be my last shot. My wrist is just, it's just done. Uh, that's all there is to it. Uh, but today is the main event of the South Point Super Senior Shootout, the uh, Bowl TV Championship. Uh, plenty of high level super seniors and seniors bowling these couple of weeks. Uh, basically, it's like a senior tour event without the superstars. Three or more titles, you're out. But uh, everybody else, you know, Tom Adcock, who is, um, you know, one of the best out there right now, and several other guys, and uh, all, all being covered on Bowl TV. So it's a great tournament that uh, gives us a chance to compete against the best except for the very best. Last week we talked about, so this is a South Point uh, a, yeah. hotel curtain. I recognize here. the chair. Yep. Yep. Been there many <laughs> times. <laughs> yep. Last yeah. week we talked about the 2023-2024 PBA schedule. Um, things that you like that you saw, things that you thought could be changed in that schedule. What's your thoughts on that? Well, I, 
I think they they really uh, fed the fans on that one. All the stuff that people sort of grumbled about last year got pretty much changed. There's no more of these extended step ladders. There's sure. no bowl TV um, uh, championship shows for PBA Tour titles for the most part. Um, we've got uh, all the majors are on Fox again. Uh, I really think it's a great schedule. Uh, some of the timing's a little odd, I guess. But oh, the you know, that's is. more Fox than the PBA. That's Fox, you know, saying this is this is the win. Yeah, the internet is breaking up, Jeff. You are breaking up uh, as well. But we're going to continue oh, to fight through this yeah. and, and see if uh, we can make this work. Oh, okay. I so got you guys. I, I want good. I'm glad that you hear us. That's <laughs> that's good. I, th- this is the most important thing, okay, for me at least. And this is what I complained about last week, and I'm going to complain to you. <laughs> In no other damn sport do you have like a three or four month window before something ends, and. I'm all for having the PBA league play during the actual season so more people see it. The problem is the atmosphere probably is not going to be the same because you're not going to be at Bowling Heaven. So that's a concern, but I'm for having it. What I don't get is why in the world can't they have this thing end at Bowling Heaven at the end of May uh, and have it right there Memorial Day weekend or whatever. That's a great travel weekend and whatever the case may be. Phil says it's a big tourist trap up there uh, near Bowling Heaven with the lakes and the hiking and all this other stuff. I learned about this a few podcasts ago. Um, Portland, Maine. So why not end it there? Why have I, I, I cannot wrap my head around this. Have If you have to have TV in September. Okay, fine. That's part of the contract. You must do something in September to cover our rear end at Fox. Fine, then do King of the Hill again or do something separate from that. But to separate it out like this, I I just I don't like it and I don't get it. Yeah, I'm 100 percent with you on that, just from the perspective that it just seems like it's it's so disjointed to all of a sudden people are focused on stuff during the season. And then you wait all this time and boom, it, it appears. And you're going to build that momentum with these league shows during the tour season and then it would be great to have it sort of just end right there, right after, you know, let's go to Maine and get it done. Everybody's sharp and that instead of throwing it out there. Obviously, this is a Fox thing. And your question is like number three on my list for Tom Clark. I'm going to do a, a Q&A with him in December. Um, I've already talked to him about it after the rest of the, more of the details come out in that leading into the 2024 season. And that's one of my big questions, too, is like, you know, couldn't we just have this a little more, uh, I don't know if condensed is the right word, but but that break does seem kind of odd, but I'm sure that's a, something Fox wants something in the fall. I'm sure. And it is cool to have it sort of stand out and get everybody in Maine and that, but then, then again, that ends and you're basically, we don't have any bowling until January of 25. Any, you know, other than some right. overseas stuff and that. So, you know, I don't know how the world bowling league will fit in there and that sort of thing, but it is, it is to me like the year that I really liked was um, they had it, basically ending the season it was in july right right phil it's like right yeah, after with the, the finals with the, and, yeah with the uh, lucy doubles and the stop in jonesboro yep and that was the end of the end of the year so I, i'm with you on that and i'm really curious to hear tom uh ex- expand on that a little bit and see uh what i'm sure it's fox what's fox think fox is thinking on that and the thing that goes into that I think it would be really cool then if you're going to do that in the fall and you have that Fox adjacency Sunday where they always have the special show this year, it was the strike derby. Why not have the PBA league championship show be that 
window. Yes. When there's all those people watching and all those fans on an NFL adjacency window like that get exposed to the PBA league at, at Bayside. That I think, and that's another thing I want to ask Tom. To me, that's where I what I would put in that window and get all these, you know, extra fans that may the NFL game ends and it bleeds into the the bowling or whatever after the NFL post game. And there's all this audience there, and they turn in and they see this base side. They're like, "What is this?" You know, and they've right. seen the PBA tour like that. To me, that's that's the cool thing I would like to see, especially if you're going to have it in the fall. Let's let's do that instead of. Uh, you know, no offense to the strike derby, but that doesn't do anything for me. Yeah. And and looking at the success the PBA has had with TV ratings and that type of thing, and, you know, you turn around, you look at the PWBA, it's just been kind of treading water for the last couple of years. But now we're seeing more women's sports. We're seeing the ratings get higher for, for WNBA. CBS just had the, the Women's Professional Soccer League Championship match on CBS the other night. Why why isn't bowling picking up with this for the women on the PWBA? Why is what, what's your opinion on it not picking up and and getting more momentum behind it? Is it just needs more money for sponsorship, bigger prize? Is is it something that they're running into that way, or are there other factors you think that could change that maybe get a little more network exposure or even you know cable sports, ESPN or something for for PWBA? I think that's a really good question. Uh, Badger volleyball is another one yeah. in college volleyball. The ratings that right. they're getting are, you know, they're drawing audiences like the PBA does, you know, yep. 600,000 to a million five from what I've seen. Um, what, and, you know, the volleyball, I think the women's college volleyball is super fun to watch, you know, especially, I mean, being a Badger, it's, <laughs> we got a little extra thing, but we watch yeah. matches, Susie and I, uh, including last year's uh, final four. And that's so much excitement in that. And I think if you could, if you could get the PWBA a little more exposed um, out there, I really think that maybe there's a time now where it might gel a little bit. And perhaps uh, it's too bad that U.S. nothing against this isn't a knock on USBC and BPA, but an outside body that was totally focused on, you know, like PBA is focused on PBA. It's a Bolero unit, but PBA is focused on PBA and USBC and BPA have so many things to deal with there. And it would be neat if there maybe it, it was back on its own, um, you know, but USBC without them, it wouldn't be, wouldn't even exist. They brought it back yeah. and they're subsidizing it, but I don't know somebody's got, there's gotta be a spark there or something. Phil Brillo. Phil Brillo. Phil Brillo. Phil Brillo. Nobody talks about the damn women's tour more. I promise you than Phil Brillo. Phil Brillo is the champion of the women's tour. Phil Brillo should be the guy that's leading that whole thing. And I know they're not going to hire Phil. We all know that. <laughs> but if you need somebody like Phil that has the passion to talk about women's bowling and mm-hmm. be the champion of it. And, and I'm sure there's a couple of other people like Phil that can do that. You need to find that person and let that person be out in front working with the women of sitting down at a table with them and like, OK, I'm open. Let's talk. What kind of ideas do we have to kind of make right. this thing bigger than life and, and better? Because I'm sure they have ideas of what they want to try, what they want to do, of sponsors they think could be interested of, oh, I know this person and they'd be interested. They've talked to me or I know that person. They'd be interested. Whatever. But you're right. I, I totally agree, Jeff. They need a singular person, commissioner, whatever the case may be, to kind of come in there, organize it and kind of push it forward. Uh, that's all they do. That's their full time yeah. job is trying to get that thing fixed. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. I went to the PWBA Iowa Series this year, and there are some really hot, um, talented, as far as they have personality and in the, in the younger women of the PWBA, but no one knows about them. You know, Um, they're, they're fun. They uh, run out a lot of strikes. They have power games that women didn't necessarily have years ago as many. Um, And yet, but no one knows. And if they could get a little more exposure, I mean, especially globally, the, the biggest stars are some are from Poland and England and, and all of that with, with Daria and, and Diana and Verity and that. And then of course you've got all these younger ones coming up. Jillian Martin's going to be out there soon. And Hope Gramley was the rookie of the year this year. And I, I, the talent I saw out in Iowa was, was just, uh, you know, it's, it's a good product if you can actually see it, but not enough people see it. See it. Yeah, exactly. And it's just, you know, I, I talked about a month ago after that NASCAR special show on Fox right. where they had Verity on there and they had Daria on there. You had great personalities. Yeah. They're not, you know, they're pretty easy on the eyes too. And then mm-hmm. where are you going to see him again? If you're going to see him again. And it was, it's just kind of disappointing that right. somebody at PWBA USBC didn't pick up on that and try keep pushing on social media because they had a couple of months before their season started this year between that NASCAR event and when the PWBA season started. So yeah, it was, it was, it was a little disappointing not to see it pick up a little bit more. So Jeff, um, one of the topics that happened this week and Phil's been texting us on that also. And I read the story. I'm dying to get your take on the USBC and screen uh, machines um, and the USBC certifying them. Um, is that going to be our future for centers that are starting to age and proprietors that can't find mechanics anymore? Well, um, I'm afraid the economics of string bowling just, uh, it's, it's just, it's what's driving things. I mean, they're way less expensive to install. They're way less expensive to run. You can teach a counter guy in anybody in an hour or two how to work them. And Have you met them. some of these counter guys before you make that statement? <laughs> <laughs> just, just asking. Never mind. Let's just say you don't need a 50 to $75,000 a year mechanic yes. that knows how to like, you know, put together a, a car engine is basically, I, I did pin setters way back in my teen years and they're yeah, complex man. things, traditional pin setters. These string ones, I've been back there. They're, you know, I, I you could have taught me, in an hour to fix all this stuff. So the economics are just what the economics are. And I'm no Chad Murphy fan, as anyone knows, but I give him 100% credit and USBC for getting in front of this issue. The carnival strings that we have seen that most people think of were an abomination as far as the sport and would have destroyed the sport of bowling if that would have become the standard. They saw that they did the studies, 
they worked with the manufacturers and they've created these certifiable ones that I saw the cubic AMF ones in Florida this summer, watching a couple other guys bowl on them. And I got up close with them in the back and that did some videos. And then Madison has the Brunswick ones that just need two strings to be uh, lengthened, I guess is what it is. And they would be certifiable, but they're so close that basically they are. And it is so much closer and so close to traditional bowling. It blew my mind both times. It's not like the carnival. So I know I just, anybody that's out there, I'm not a strings advocate. I'm just telling you that if you've seen the carnival, don't go on that, go find the certifiable ones and experience it for yourself and Mm -hmm. then, and then make your judgment. Okay. I experienced it for myself and it sucked. And it was (laughs) at the spare time center in Iowa. That was the first time. And I was like, oh no, there's strings in these damn things. And that was my, because I did, I'm not a fan of the strings by any stretch of the imagination. So I was like, well, we're here open bowling. Who cares? Whatever. The kids are having fun. We were there on a baseball trip. So we tried it. This was last summer or earlier this summer, actually, oh, yeah. earlier mm-hmm. this summer. And right. I'm texting Dwight and Phil. They're laughing that I'm, <laughs> I'm having a ball of these stupid string pins. Uh, and I'm watching. And literally, the pins would just fall down, whoop, fall down right on the lane. And then they'd pick back up. Uh, then a pin would just tip over. It picked back up. They put a pin down. That will knock over. That would go back up. And I'm watching this and I'm going, okay, so are we okay if this is going to happen in league play or in tournament play on TV where the pins are just going to go, boop, they're just going to fall down. And then they're going to get pulled back. Is that okay? Are we all good with this? If on Fox, I got pins just falling from the rafters for no damn reason, and then they get picked back up. To me, it's a bad look. That's just me. To the league bowler, if league bowling gets extended another 15 or 20 minutes because these things are a little out of whack, is that going to be a big deal to them? Because let's be honest, league bowling is not something that goes fast. You're there for a while, which is fine if you're out of the house and you want to have a couple beverages and, and hang out with your friends or whatever. Cool. But it's already not uh, something that is very short. And now you're going to extend it again. And again, I've not seen what you're talking about. I've only been to that, which is a nationwide center. Spare time. Mm-hmm. They're all over the place. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I think there's one coming to Madison, yeah, I that's, believe. That's right. The one I've right. Been to. So that's Brand the Brunswick one you're talking about. Yeah. It is opened that, in yeah. October. Yeah. The one in Iowa. And that's what I experienced when I went uh, on that weekend um, and the issues that I saw as we bowled, I think we bowled three games um, and it happened probably three, four times a game. Yeah. And, and to me, now again, could that have been fixed from somebody working there or whatever? Maybe, I guess, but I never thought to go up there and be like, Hey, pins are randomly just fallen. Can you fix it? Yeah. Cause I just figured it was a, something having to do with the string machines. And that's what happens. You've I'm assuming have bowled there. Um, at the one in Madison, which obviously is newer than the one in Iowa. Yeah. Uh, so what was your experience like? Um, well, I wrote about it and I, I was astounded. Uh, I went and bowled a couple of games and the pinfall to me was what I would have expected if it was a traditional machine for the most part. It, I was expecting not to be quite as good as it was. And I mean, my ball went through the pins like it would for a flush strike. Uh, I left a two pin on a light hit and the pinfall coming off the wall looked exactly like it would. I shot at a washout, same kind of thing. Couple splits, the pins didn't bounce out of the back. There was none of the craziness that you see in the carnival machines where the pins go flying all over and take things out. These certifiable ones, they have really pretty much made it and it's not the same. Don't don't overstate what I'm saying. It's not traditional bowling. In no world would I prefer strings over traditional bowling. But if your choice is strings or not bowling, 
and it's the certifiable ones, I would compete in a tournament. Everybody's on the same thing. And you're going to see it, Sparky, because Bolero has said in their filings and in talks with analysts, it's been reported. I, I wrote about an analyst who did this. Their goal is to make their company all strings at some point. All Bolero well, of course, Bolero. to make more money for themselves. Yes. I mean, so the PBA is going to be bowling on strings at some point. I right. don't know if it'll be next year or, you know, a, a demo event or something like that. But once but, the, you know, the cost of the machines go down, I'm assuming yeah. the price of bowling will go down then, right? <laughs> <laughs> no? Yeah, Bolero, okay. Yeah. <laughs> just, just checking. And it, hey, as Sean Rass said, though, if you put up 100 grand for first, I'll go bowl in the parking lot. His, that was yeah. a famous quote <laughs> in another issue. Forget where that what. what what story that was in, but, and that's something I've heard from many other players, you know, everybody's bowling on the same thing and the carnival ones, it, it was an abomination on the sport because crazy stuff that should never happen would mm-hmm. happen. Shooting the two ten at the 10 pin because it would bounce out and make the two that doesn't happen with the certifiable ones. So, you know, Anthony Simonson bowled on him at this certified string center in Cedar mm-hmm. city, Utah. I, I put the videos in my one story and I've posted a share of that, uh, all yeah, over uh, Facebook. And it it tell you, if you watch that game of that title match and Anthony wasn't in it, it was Tyler Betts was the guy's name that won it. You watch that and you can, almost can't tell that that's not, not traditional bowling. Yeah, they've so, come a long way. So yeah. does the World Bowling League say, to hell with you, I'm not having strings on my damn pins. We're going to go with the traditional bowling uh, pin machines yeah. or they're going to create their own damn pin machines to do it so they don't have to use strings. Because th- again, they have a ton of money, it sounds like. Well, so what will they do I is my question. When, we, when you're looking at that World Bowling League, when you're looking at those tournaments, those are the ones that they're showing you like in an arena setting with just two lanes yep. and pin boys. They're not even going to bother with any pin setters at all. It's just going to be whoever's, you know, they're going to be handset pins, that type of thing. For the Powerhouse. for the WBL Tour, that's going to be wherever the existing bowling centers are going to be. But I but think it'll be around the world, though, right? Right. It'll be yeah. around the world. Yeah. But I think with that World Bowling League in the arena setting, I love it that they're not going to have any pin setters at all because it's going to be a lot easier to see how the pins fall. I remember some of those TV shows that were on ESPN back in the day where they taped them at Great Americas and that kind of thing. Yeah. You couldn't barely see the pins because it was all daylight out. That. They had the machines yep. and they right. had the masking. It's, you couldn't barely see what's going on. So, yeah, I I, I, I like that WBL, but at least with the, with the drawings, the renderings were that they're going to have no machinery whatsoever on those. Can you fix bowling if you have pin setters? Can you can you shade a pin one way or the other? Can can you do that and affect pinfall at the end of the day? Meaning if I've got little Johnny back there setting pins and I give him, I don't know, Five G's because <laughs> you'll be able to afford it in this World Bowling League. Hey man, I'll give you five thousand dollars. I just need you to shade that ten pin over just a little bit here because I have a problem carrying it. Can you can you fix it from that perspective, Jeff? Do you think by 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 shading a pin one way or the other? It, it's no different than playing the rack. Well, Dick Weber used to tell amazing stories about the old days. And he uh used to talk about pin in the pin boy days where they would like have a belt. And, and you'd have a black belt so it couldn't be seen and, like, snap that black belt and take out a 10-pin or something like that. What? Now, how often <laughs> that happened, I don't know. But whenever you have human beings involved in that back there, uh, you know, that's that's something to be concerned about. And you better have a real transparency and be able to really see everything from a 360-degree thing, which I think that's what Phil's talking about with the Roll Bowling yeah. League. And you'll have cameras on that, so hopefully – Anything that would go on would at least would be caught that way. If you <laughs> look at that, some would, old, uh, that would pretty much ruin the World Bowling League. 
Yeah. If you look at some of the old pictures of bowling when it was pinboys and it was big matches, they would actually make the pinboys wear white gloves so you could see their hands. Hmm. Wait a second. I got a bigger question. Yeah, I mean, so the, you, the, you could see if they were doing something with their hands or that kind of thing when the when the when the ball was hitting the pins. Yeah, Dwight, I mean, you're old enough. Were you yeah. involved in any illegal, illegal activity involving your black belt in a bowling alley? <laughs> no, absolutely not. I, I'm, I'm, I'm old, but I wasn't that old. Uh, <laughs> So uh, I started at Bolero in 64 in junior league, 64, 65, and they already had eight twos uh, wow. back then, um, yeah. automatic uh, pin setters. But I did work on those machines for many, many years, just like Jeff. Right. Yeah, a lot of moving parts. But uh, a lot of you guys also forget when the ladies did uh, some of the shows in the uh, the malls, shopping malls. Yeah. And those were yep. also uh, st- uh, stood up by hand. Yep. Yeah. Gary shows. Beck had that in Vegas, actually, right. at the fashion show mall. Yeah. Correct. So now again, see, now you open up a whole nother can of worms with this whole bowling and malls thing or whatever else. Because how many of these entertainment centers do you have right now that are in malls uh, around the country that have bowling lanes in them at this point? Mm-hmm. Right. right. Yeah. And then you have the arcades or whatever the case may be. We go to do baseball, um, youth baseball at this place called Bettendorf, Iowa. Right. Yeah. Um, and they have a huge baseball complex. They have uh, two full soccer fields. I think they've got like eight or ten baseball fields, whatever. But then they also have a huge indoor facility, right? And half the facility is turf, right? So you can use it for soccer. Uh, for the smaller kids, they make base uh, diamonds and stuff. So you can have several games going on for the smaller kids, whatever. That's on the right side. On the left side, as you walk in, there's the concession stand. Past that, there's two big doors. You all go in. There's like 10 basketball courts, right? Sponsored by Pepsi, I think, is a sponsor. And they do AAU tournaments. They do volleyball tournaments, all that in there. But to the immediate left, and it has its own entrance, they have a bar. And when you walk in, it's an arcade, okay? And they have a bar all set up there with TVs and everything else. Kids are playing in the arcade. Then they also have bowling lanes. Mm -hmm. And then you go up to second level. More bowling lanes, more arcade, and the whole deal. Now, again, these are all kids and parents Mm -hmm. that are there for baseball spending their money type deal. I just wonder if that's not an avenue that you can't possibly go after a little bit with the women's tour and have a sponsor of, you know, what is this? Um What's the name round of one? The, the round one. one? Round one. Round one. That that's uh, in, over here in Southridge, uh, in uh, where we are in our in our area, uh, and that's an arcade with bowling center, right? And they're all over the country. Yeah. You can't cut a deal with one of them in a mall type deal to have them kind of tour around the country and have these type of events. I don't think you need seating for you know a thousand people for a women's tour event. I just don't. I, you it can be a lot smaller than that. And if there's kids there, whatever else, hey, we're having a TV show. You guys want to come hang out for 20 minutes, half right. hour, whatever it is, come yeah. on over. You know, you don't have to charge for it. Come on over, make yeah. it loud, make it rambunctious and and have some fun with it. But you know, I'm I'm just I'm spitballing Jeff. <laughs> I think it'd be a great venue. And the, the biggest thing that you know, I know Phil supports the women's tour, but I so do I, I have a daughter that is a great bowler. And, and so I sp- uh, support the ladies tour, too. But they need when they do the ladies tour, they need to get like college girls in the stands. They don't need a 70 to 90 year old guy sitting there falling asleep. Get, <laughs> get, get people in the front seats that can appreciate these ladies being on TV. It would be a definitely a better look. Yeah. And it's just a matter of they, they need the exposure. And there's enough events that 
our nearby colleges. I mean, you look at NCAA right. women's bowling, NAI women's bowling, and how much that's blown up over the last yeah. 10 years. Have them wear their team shirts. Exactly. Yeah. That could be a, a great outlet at all. Hey, for that too. Phil and I were talking about this the other day, and I don't know how clued in you are on this. Um, Brian, Str- Brian Stratton, right? Uh, they are Brian looking Stratton, for yes. uh, yep. men and women's bowling coaches uh, here locally. Um, and Phil said uh, it's been a rotating door kind of over there one way or the other. Is that common with bowling coaches because of pay, because of whatever the case may be? Uh, or do you have more longer standing coaches when it comes to college bowling uh, around the country, Jeff? Well, there are a lot of programs that do have coaches that have been there forever. And especially on the women's side with where it's NCAA, they are solidly paid. I mean, uh, you know, you got Nebraska and uh, Vanderbilt, and then you've got some of these smaller programs like the uh, one the O'Keefe's went to in Alabama, um, Jacksonville State, that just started a program. And what did they do? They took their money and they went and hired the O'Keefe's away from McKendry and to start their program. And basically, they with the transfer portal, they brought all their players almost all over from McKendry, which was a powerful program. And right away, they're a top 10 program in their very first wow. year. Yeah. And <clears throat> so it really comes down to an administration wanting to do that. And of course, on the men's side, there's no NCAA um, bowling. There's, there's just the various entities, USBC and NAIA and that, but with the women having that um, NCAA uh, behind you, boy, that, that Nebraska program, they, they get the same training table, the same weight room, the same support as the football team, basketball, volleyball. It's, it's all, I've talked to players at Chaz Callen's daughter, um, Anna is is part of the she's a player at Nebraska and uh, from lacrosse. And, you know, it, I've talked to them many times about everything that goes on there. It's just astounding. And it'd be cool if UW-Madison, you know, <laughs> if yeah. they wanted mm-hmm. to get on the bandwagon there, because it helps the, with Title IX. And that's why there is NCAA women's bowling, right. it's a relatively inexpensive sport to build your women's numbers on to, to meet title nine requirements. So that's one of the things that's been to the benefit of college bowling. Now, the trouble is a lot of schools, your, your bowling coach is a volunteer or, or isn't paid at a full-time level. So that's someone that has a real job outside of bowling. And then they coach a bowling team at their local college um, on a part-time basis. So that's, that, that's kind of the differentiator. And are, are you talking about UW Milwaukee's program, Sparky? No, Brian Stratton. Uh, here oh, okay, Milwaukee. okay, yeah. yeah. Um, well, again, you know, I don't. It, it, there could there's there's programs that are like that that have had co- the same coach. Eric Liddig um, is um, a famous one in in uh, in the Midwest here, who's been running his program for geez, it's in the Quad Cities, and he's been the coach there for yeah. my God, must be 25, 30 years now, and they're one of the power programs um, on the USBC collegiate side. So it does happen. But, you know, it's it's a matter of how much support, like anything else, the administration's going to give. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. So we're still waiting on the final details of the PBA League. We all know it's going to be on some of the FS1 shows during the year. Is there enough bowling involved in that? And this is just an opinion question. Where you think the winners of the Elias Cup this year 
should be able to get a PBA title out of it? Ooh. Good one. Great question. Good one. That is nice a really good question. Oh, um, good. Actually, you guys are stealing all my thunder here. That's on my list for Tom and in, in, in our Q&A too. Great mind. I was going to ask him that. <laughs> um, the, the, the problem there is that they doubles at least your half of the equation. In, a, in the PBA league, you're only one-fifth of your team's competition. And so yeah. basically you're one-fifth of winning that title. Is that really worth a PBA tour title? And it's been I, done before. I know, but yeah, the P the, the team competition that was given and that was very controversial. And, and that was I'd one of the really, two. Yeah. I'd be really curious. Like if there was a round table of some of the top 20 players on the PBA, what they all would say about that, whether they would, you know, and I'm sure that there's, there's good points on both sides and it would be a very conflicted thing. And uh, as a, I'm pretty much a purist myself or consider me, myself that a traditionalist mm-hmm. when it comes to stuff like that, I wouldn't support that being a PBA tour title, but that's just me. I didn't like the team one being a PBA tour title, but yeah. boy, it, it means, I don't care what anyone says. Those guys want to win. They mm-hmm. want to win that PBA league. Believe me, I've yeah. been there. Right. I've experienced it firsthand at Bayside. They are grinding and they are wanting to win. It is not an, exhibition or anything like that they are fighting to win that somebody needs to sponsor that and really blow that thing up i mean it it really would be cool to have it you know be called the the elias chevrolet cup or or something like that to Mm -hmm. get a push kind of out of that and maybe raise that that money even more than it is already that prize pool money to really i mean it'd be cool to say hey man you win the elias cup you know you five or six or however many there are uh split a million dollars Something yeah. like that. Now, now, okay. Now we got something. Now, mm-hmm. now, not everybody's going to get serious. Now, if you don't get drafted, you really are going to have real tears uh, um, because <laughs> yeah. you're out of chance to win that yeah. much money. It, now there's not going to be all this. Oh, I'm friends with you here. Come bowl with me. Right. I'm friends with you. Come bowl with me. Those days are going to be over. If you're talking about uh, again, I mean, if everybody gets say 200 grand or 150 grand or something like that, that's pretty good money for for that. Even if you didn't have yeah. a great year bowling to that point, but you're a part right. of the team that wins it. Uh, all of a sudden, your year just got a lot better, and you yeah. feel better this, about that. This year was a hundred grand for the team to split, so twenty thousand a guy for that's, first. That wasn't. Yeah, it's I mean, it's cool. But, it's a yeah, pride thing for them, something. and that's why they get all like, excited about it and get into it. Which again, this is a brainchild, I believe, of Tom Clark, um, and he deserves a lot of credit for it. Um, right. And I don't expect Tom Clark to be the one to go find the sponsor, but that that that's uh, you know that that would be the fun next step to kind of see if you can get it to that point. Uh, Jeff, what's going on over at eleventhframe.com? What can people read? Well, boy, there's been so much going on lately with the World Bowling League and the string pin setters and urethane balls and big story 2024 mm-hmm. PBA Tour. What will be the impact of no purple hammer and no pitch black on tour? Mm-hmm. Um, how will this uh, Hammer NU and the IQ78, how will those uh, work into those players' arsenals or will they go to other urethanes um, and how will that impact uh, guys that are known to be, you know, favoring the the pitch black and the purple hammer? That's going to be a huge, to me, the number one story of the PBA Tour is the impact of that new rule. And uh, that's another thing I'm going to talk to Tom about when I have the Q&A. That's probably my biggest project coming up between now and the end of the year. I'm looking forward to this World Bowling League getting more details on this. PBA League, I want to hear more 
how are we going to do all these tournaments during the year leading into the, the competition at Bayside? Can't wait to hear that. Um, Pete Weber uh, put his exam. I wrote that up last week too. Uh, he put his request for an exemption in for the U S open um, and him and I were messaging and he said, when he gets his response from USBC, he will, uh, will do an interview with me and we're going to talk about some of his U.S. Open history, which should be fun. Uh, Woodlands, where he won one of the U.S. Opens, where he famously, the trophy fell. Mm-hmm. that wasn't attached right and broke. So one of the more uh, uh, famous moments in PBA history, or infamous, I guess. Um, <laughs> and, and real curious to talk to him. And I can't imagine, USBC basically said, you, you know, the, the letter to Gotchel, to Pete, or to, to Andrew Pfeffer, was we have no reason not to think that Pete would uh, would would deserve a spot. Basically, that's not a direct quote, but that's what they said. So I'm fully expecting that uh, those two sides are going to bury the hatchet, and Pete's going to bowl, and the fans are going to love it. Now, how competitive can he be at 61 with all the injuries he's had? Uh, who knows? But he's still Pete Weber, and um, you know it would be great just to at least see him make match play and make a run mm-hmm. at it. I think the people in at Woodland would be going bananas if he mm-hmm. made, a, made a run to match play. So, hey, man, uh, think about it. Old man Jimmy Connors made that run the U.S. Yep. Open that one yep. year. I remember Tennis, watching yeah. that with my dad, uh, watching yep. every one. Yeah, every just night go, my dad was yeah. a huge Jimmy Connors fan, so yep. we watched the heck out of that. Everybody oh, couldn't yeah. believe that Jimmy Connors was doing that. it. How, how, is, uh, how is Pete doing, man? He's been through some stuff in the last several years. How, how is he? <laughs> well, Pete's Pete. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, he he's obviously – done some bad things through his career. He'll be the first guy to admit that, but he's paid a huge price Mm -hmm. at many times with long suspensions that have cost him a lot of money. So if you're down on him for some of the things he's done, he's like, you know, paid his price. So he's, he's, but he's still an iconic guy. Fans love him. When you get to talk to him one-on-one, God just interceded and cut off that. <laughs> That's horrible. Jeff, are you there, buddy? Look, can be the faces. I can hear there. you guys. Oh. Oh, yeah, we can't hear you. I can hear you. You said guys, when you buddy. get the chance to talk to Pete one-on-one and then God stopped you from talking. <laughs> like, we don't need to hear anymore. I don't know. But go, go ahead. Go, go. I, I mean, I don't know what that, that's the power of Pete. Uh, <laughs> it's power, right. But, but that was amazing. Uh, but I, I'll just say this. Uh, and then I think we got Jeff back. I can see him laughing. Uh, th- th- this is, I- I've had many of opportunities to interview Pete Weber over the years for this show um, and in Vegas at the World Series of Bowling or whatever the yeah. case may be. Uh, and my buddy, Tim Allen, who used to do our postgame show for the Brewers here for many years, would come out there with me right. uh, while we were doing the World Series of Bowling. And his deal was, I want to meet Pete freaking Weber. I don't care about the <laughs> sure. rest of these dudes, but you need to get me a meet ingree type deal with Pete Weber. Okay, so he's still he's still probably if you ask a, a a random fan out there what do they know about bowling, he's probably ninety yeah. percent of them they're going to say his name and maybe the who do you think you are thing, yeah. but he's still a personality that fans want even at sixty one and nowhere near his peak level of talent, but he's still that's who they want to meet, that's who they want to see, that's who they want to watch, and you know. I, that's that's just reality. And he's a bit of a Jekyll and Hyde character, kind of. But the good part of Pete is really, really good. The bad part is has been bad at many times in his life. And, you know, I've been friends with him since we were teenagers and uh, I've seen him do some really great things and, you know, some bad things. But but if you get him one on one and 
away from the tension of the bowling and that where he's just a regular guy playing golf or something, he can really be a good guy. Yeah. Yeah. We had him at the bar at South Point all by himself. So I walk up, talk to him. And he, of course, does what he does. Dude, F him. I ain't dang no damn pitcher, blah, 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 whatever else. <laughs> and then he paused. He starts laughing. He's like, dude, come on, man. Just bring him over here. I'll take a picture with him, whatever. So then <laughs> brought Tim over and it was all good. Dude, he is. I I love Pete. He's yeah. been nothing but great to me over the course of time. One last one for you before we leave. Is there a personality or is who it has the closest personality that can become that type of player if they bowl at a high level on the tour now? Anthony Simonson, without a doubt. He is uh, probably the most polarizing figure out there now. He's, in my opinion, the most talented, versatile player I've ever seen in the history of bowling. He's won a title throwing a backup ball. Come on. And this is is what people don't know about Anthony. They see some of his outbursts and things like that, and um, they don't understand. He is incredibly intellectual about bowling. I've he messages me now and then and we've talked and he is the most curious guy. He can take a pin setter apart and put it back together. He's been bowling in regionals and gone back and fixed machines, helped him fix mm-hmm. a machine while he was competing. And he is when you sit and talk to him, he's actually incredibly smart and he's a curious guy. He's always asking questions. He is very very I think misunderstood and it's partly cuz it's he's not real he's if introverted is the right word, that's maybe not the right word. But if he was a little more gregarious in interviews and stuff and with fans, I think he could be just in, you know, just hugely popular. No and, comments. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Knew that but, was coming. <laughs> but don't Listen, you think? No, no I, exactly. Yeah, no, yeah. I don't want. No, no. Stop. Time out. Time. Time the hell out. Hold on. They don't need a saint. No, they need no, a no, bad I'm not guy. Saying that. Right. 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 So if he wants to be a bad guy, kick a ball return, break a ball yeah. return, whatever. Go full heel. If that's the yeah. way we're going to go, I'm fine with it. Yeah. Because look, it, it, again, we all know my distaste for Rash, but Rash Belmonte, right? That, that was beautiful. Because everybody picked a guy, picked a side, and we went. NASCAR, when it was going at his height, Right. You had Jeff Gordon getting booed out of every racetrack because everybody was a Dale Earnhardt fan. Right. Screw Jeff Gordon. Don't care about him. Kyle Busch, boo the hell out of him everywhere he goes. Oh, yeah. You you haven't had that on this tour. We've got a bunch of nice dudes, which is great. I like nice guys. Cool. But they need they kind of need a heel, yeah. right? Yeah. And right. he could be that heel. I don't want to act up or you know go over the top and do something crazy and find out it's fake later. But no, he, no, it's he not. Could be that yeah. guy. But if he's that guy, then he's got to embrace it, right? Then right. He's gonna be I'm, like, I'm not I'm saying cool, that. Baby. I just, I'm just saying that he, I, he embraces who he is. He's just, mm-hmm. he's 100. percent He, if he thinks the pins are off spot and that's pissing him off, he says it on TV. Right. I think yeah. that's great. What I'm saying is that there's this other side of him that people just think he's some kind of, you know goofball bad guy or whatever if we could get a little more of the in intellectual anthony so people would understand he's a pretty yeah. complex interesting guy if you had that to go with the villain the villain right part, he would be a lot more uh total character people i think would 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 not look at him as a goofy villain he would be the the you know the complex villain that i think he is if you use the word villain i he's just really an interesting guy to talk to 
And what's funny is we have these things and I've been trying to pin him down to let's do an interview where we're going to talk about throwing a backup ball and what you think about when you're bowling. And oh, yeah, I will. I will. And he, he keeps dodging me. So I wish we got he was him. Yeah. yeah, I know you guys did. Yeah, that was good. I recorded yeah. it. Yeah. And I'm like, I was kind of pissed too, because I, that's kind of, I want to get into a way in a more technical area of the things right. that we've talked about one-on-one right. -on -one, Anthony and yeah. I, and uh, show the world that here's this really, really, really deep guy who's not afraid to show you who he is when he bowls. It's all if out I, there when Anthony bowls. If I was advising Simonson, you know, he'd laugh at me, you're out of your damn mind. But you figure it out. Like, okay, I'm the guy everybody gets pissed off at because I have a temper and I'm very competitive and I want to win and everybody gets mad at me and blah, 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 blah. Cool. Then I'm the black hat of this league. All right. I'm wearing all black. That's all I'm ever, you're ever going to see me in is black when I'm on tour. Or I, my new thing is I'm going to wear a backwards black baseball hat every time I'm on TV. <laughs> every time you see me, you know, Pete had his sunglasses. I'm going to have a black bat. And every time somebody asks me, why you got that hat on for? Well, everybody apparently thinks I'm the black hat of this tour, so I'm just going to own it. And let's go. <laughs> the hell with the rest of you. I like that. That's the type of stuff that mm -hmm. I would love to see. Just yeah. own it and be like, and give yourself a give yourself a talking point. Pete's glasses were his talking point, mm -hmm. and then his mouth did the rest of the work. Right. But he had a talking point, which, by the way, I still don't understand how the PBA tour never made money off of handing out fake Pete Weber sunglasses to a crowd <laughs> and have them all wearing Pete Weber sunglasses. Like, I, I, for the love of God, I don't understand how you never made that happen. I, it doesn't make any sense. Like, everybody would want a fake pair of Pete Weber Absolutely. sunglasses. <laughs> everybody. And then have them sign them afterwards or whatever. Like, oh, my God. Whatever. All right, we got to go. <laughs> Spare time bowling show. It's another one. Jeff Riggles. Always love when you have him on. Have a follow him on Twitter at Jeff Riggles, Wisconsin State Journal as well. I do have a request for a story. I don't know if it's been done before or not. I went to a Badger football game against Iowa, and, and that was an awful deal because the Badgers suck. But either way, uh, went to the game, and, and sitting in front of me was this uh, a couple of people that had just graduated a year or two previous that were band members. And I started having a conversation with them and I learned quite a bit. Has anybody ever done a story on the Wisconsin marching band and the fact that they get absolutely nothing um, compared to all the other bands uh, around the Big Ten and what they get, whether it be partial scholarship, whether it be a free meal a day, whether it be something else. Right. Has anybody ever done a story on how because they're see in, in other aspects um, the marching band is put into essentially the athletic department or whatever the case may be. And that kind of all folds and in, falls into the thing or whatever else. And I don't know if anybody's really ever went at Chris McIntosh about the marching band and the whole deal, um, because that is a pretty popular thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're traveling around the state, you're going to Milwaukee Admirals games oh, yeah. and performing and doing all of this stuff. And the fact that they get nothing out of this, with all the NIL money flowing and everything else at this point, you can't come up with a pool of money for the damn marching band. Like to me, that that drives me nuts. And I, I was talking to this kid. I said, what if they came to you all and said, I'll tell you what, we'll give you all partial rides, X amount of dollars, whatever else for your junior and senior years. If you're in the marching band, we'll take care of the junior and the seniors for the last two years of their school. He's like, dude, that'd be amazing. Like we'd be all for it. He goes, we'd be all for just a free damn meal at this point, <laughs> you know, once a week or whatever the case may be, or once a day, mm. kind of like the athletes get, I think it would be a fascinating story. If everybody, uh, anybody ever decided to dig into it, nobody in Milwaukee cares about that, but in Madison, where I you will. are, I think it'd be interesting. 
consider a message sent to our city desk about that. So are you saying that others, other like Big Ten schools, the bands get stuff? Nebraska, Ohio State were two of the bands uh, that were mentioned. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, this man. is the thing. Okay. Uh, and hey. Wisconsin gets Wisconsin gets nothing. So <laughs> welcome to the Sparky Zoo podcast, marching <laughs> towards the future. Yes. Hey. <laughs> I'm a big DCI talk, guy. I okay. drop truck drum core all day long. We want to do go. that. Yeah, we'll do another one. I don't have towards the future. I don't have anything else going on. Just hundred other podcasts. Interesting. Uh, okay. I, I did not know that. Yeah, Interesting. it's a That's bunch. A good story. It's a bunch of. Yeah, nobody's ever. I don't. I don't believe it's ever been written about. So I, I would be again. You'd have to figure out from Nebraska and Ohio State exactly what they all get or whatever else, and what Wisconsin doesn't get. But I, I think there are a lot of marching band fans that love that marching band that would probably rally around it and try and get those kids something out of this deal at the end of the day. Jeff, thanks so much for coming on, man. Really appreciate it. Anytime. I wish I was at South Point Casino instead of here <laughs> as well. Have a good one. Toodles. Toodles.